This episode of Craigslist was recorded live at the 17th annual SF Sketchfest presented by Audible. Ladies and gentlemen, Craigslist. In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best movie with a title that's a gerund and a proper noun. Hi, guys. Welcome to We Got This with Craig and Carla, of course, where we saddle the uh, classic pop culture debates. Today, we're trying to uh, figure out what is the best movie with a uh, gerund and a proper noun in the title. Uh, it's definitely not Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, it could be Finding Nemo, which is better than Finding Dory, which is better than Finding Neverland, which is definitely better than Finding Forrester. You're the man now, dog. Uh, it's not Saving Grace. It's not Saving Christmas. Uh, it's not Saving Mr. Banks, which isn't even the best Tom Hanks movie that begins with saving. <laughs> Eating Raul has its uh, charms, as does Crossing Delancey. It's not Raising Helen or Raising Cain. It's definitely not Feeling Minnesota, though I do enjoy the Soundgarden reference. It's not Kissing Jessica Stein or Wrestling Ernest Hemingway. It's not Waking Ned Divine or Pushing Tinner regarding Henry. It's not Leaving Normal. It's not Leaving Las Vegas, but it is a Nicolas Cage movie. It's not Losing Isaiah. It's got to be Raising Arizona. Yeah! Wow! <laughs> Craig, that was the most prepared opening bit you've ever done. That was incredible. Carla, this is our second live show ever, yes. and I'm not going to come up here and wing it in front of these good people who, who, I paid, am. who paid to see Craigslist uh, today. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Craigslist podcast. Uh, hello to Craig's listeners that are out there in internet land, and hello to the live people that are right here at SF Sketchfest. Uh, my name is Craig Kikowski. I'm Carla. Uh, that's my wife there, and uh, I'm and a person in my own right. A person. <laughs> uh, nice callback to uh, to, to yesterday. The Paula uh, contribute. <laughs> so I'm not Paula Tompkins' wife. They were talking about his wife when they said that. That's right. She is also a person. Yeah. And a wife. Yeah. You know, right. uh, we you contain multitudes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you haven't heard the podcast before, basically we're watching my 100 favorite movies and, uh, and Carla has to talk about them. So. And it has been a long year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today is episode 66. This is number 35 on my list. This is a 1987 film directed by Joel Cohen. Uh, and possibly also uncredited, his brother Ethan Cohen, I believe, had something to do with directing that the movie. That would make sense. Though if you look at the credits, it only says Joel Cohen. This movie stars uh, Nicolas Cage as H.I. McDonough, Holly Hunter as uh, Ed, uh, Trey Wilson, John Goodman, William Forsyth, Randall Tex Cobb. Uh, and it's called Raising Arizona, and it's one of the few comedies remaining on my list, so I thought it was appropriate for a comedy festival to yeah. talk about a comedy film. But to help us do that... We have a very special guest oh, today. Oh, she's so special. Uh, you may know her from Instagram. Uh, <laughs> you may know her uh, best from ER, where she played Dr. Hope Bobeck. <laughs> Please give it up for Busy Phillips. Yeah! Her, Carla, I'm doing an Instagram story right now. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, so many people now ask if I will put them in, in my stories. I know. It's a new, it's a new, new thing for me. But it I'm... was the best moment of my life. <laughs> well, Carla, I hope that it, it was everything you <laughs> Put me in a story, biz. There put me know. in a story. Uh, really though, I watch your stories every day. Oh, thank you. I wake up. I check the weather, and then I watch busy stories. <laughs> <laughs> I do them for you. Yeah. 
Uh, now, Dr. Hope Bobeck yes. uh, was the credit that you asked me to. Uh... It's like one of my favorite things that I've ever done, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was really interesting. So, uh, this people don't know this. So, I had been up for the part that Linda Cardellini played on ER, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm really great at memorization. Like this is my my hidden talent. As I don't even know if I'm as good of an actor as I am a memorizer. <laughs> and um, that's a lot of acting is memorizing. It is truly a lot of acting. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I'm really good at memorizing things that. Uh, don't even make sense to my brain like mm-hmm. uh, medical jargon and so I was really good I had like auditioned <laughs> I had auditioned a couple times for it and I was really good at it and John Wells was like you know when they decided that Linda was going to be that nurse uh, the part on ER he was like but I promise you I'm going to like find a part for you and then a couple years later he called out of the blue they called and were like we have this new doctor that's going to start with John Stamos and we would like busy to do it. But it was like nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking to walk on to year 13 of a show. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember any of the jargon? Yeah, I do actually. I remember my very first line on the show because I couldn't get it right. I, I was very nervous because my first scene was with uh, Mackay Pfeiffer and um, and yeah. Goran. I, I always think of the Eminem. There's no Mackay Pfeiffer. Sure. Um, but there was a Mackay Pfeiffer. It was right in front of me. Yes. He was right there. <laughs> and look Looking at me and yeah. uh, and uh, Laura Innes, who had been on the show since like season one, and Gorin. Yeah, um, who you're going to throw up mom spaghetti. Yeah, he yeah. was like he was an intimidating figure to me, mm-hmm. and uh, and I couldn't get the line right, and then. And it was like the whole thing is like you're doing this tracking shot and the guy has his dolly cam and he's like backwards and you're on a you're with a gurney and you're treating a patient. So you've got all this stuff to do. And at the very end, I have to say the line. And if I fuck it up, we have to go back to one and do it again. And I fucked it up like three times. And then finally they're getting ready and rolling and they're doing the slate thing. And uh, Goran looks at me and he goes, you get it right now. And I was like... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I get it. I get it right now. And so it is. Um, he says, "Dr. Hope." <laughs> this is my Goran impression. I don't know. He's like, "Dr. Hope, what do you do?" And I say, "Succinylcholine is a paralytic and accommodate for sedation." Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know any of the words you know. just said. It's about. I don't know. I don't know. It's about paralyzing the person so that you can accommodate. I don't know. (laughs) I don't remember. I don't remember. You remember the words, but I remember the the words. I don't remember what it meant. And I remember that I got it right when he looked at me and witheringly said, you get it right this time. Well, I imagine it's as intimidating stepping into episode 66 of Craigslist as it is to step into (laughs) season 13 of uh, of ER. For sure. Now, uh, we wanted to have you on the podcast for a while. Uh, The the timing of this worked out great this weekend since we're all here. And I also uh, figured, like, why not you for this movie? Because you were raised in Arizona. I actually was raised in Arizona. (laughs) In the 80s (laughs) and 90s. How well does this movie capture the vibe of Arizona? Arizona circa 1987. I mean, it certainly is not any Arizona I was a part of. Yes. Um, it's, I don't, I mean, it's, in what, I like. <laughs> for, for a movie that with the, the state in the title and yeah. they say Arizona a lot, there's definitely cacti. There's cacti and yeah. uh, mesas in it, but it doesn't feel like it has a very Arizona-specific vibe to it. I It doesn't feel very specific to where I grew up in Scottsdale. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I mean, guys, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's also like it's very sparsely po- – I don't know where it's supposed to take place Tempe. in Arizona. Tempe. It is? Uh, he says they're they're in the suburbs of Tempe, which I think is a joke. Uh, because it's just all, all a bunch of campers that are out in the middle of the desert. It's like, we moved to the Tempe suburbs. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me at all. But Because yeah. um, Tempe is where ASU is. Okay. And where um, we used to hang out on Mill Ave. Um, but, I, yeah, like, I don't – there's nothing about it that's, that speaks to the Arizona I knew. Maybe, like, Buckeye? Okay. <laughs> What That's is that, a place what that in mean? Arizona. Okay. That's a place. It feels like Buckeye. I don't know. I've never really yeah. been to Buckeye, but, but everybody's doing kind of a deep south accent. It, and in this movie. yeah, that yeah. also does not I don't know about that. That doesn't <laughs> that was not ever. Holly Hunter's using. doing her own accent, Georgia accent. Right, for sure. You know. Yeah. For sure. But Nick Cage. Can I just say this though too? 
Because I haven't, I haven't watched this movie in many years, and um, and I also like. This is gonna sound mean. Oh, I can't Please. wait. <laughs> Why did I mean, we book Busy Phillips if not for unfettered for, truth? That's true. Okay, so Nick Cage kind of looks like a monster now, right? Like we can all agree. <laughs> like he's done some work. It has not panned out. I am super confused by it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in the audience tonight, Mr. Nicholas Cage. Um, oh. Okay. I was like taken aback by how sexy and hot I thought he was <laughs> in Racing Arizona. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> he is really hot to me yeah. in this movie. Yeah, he was like, he, at that time, he was kind of like a heartthrob, right? Like, sure. yeah, I Moonstruck get it. or whatever. Oh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck I, you guys, I need to watch here. Moonstruck. Yeah. He doesn't have a hand in it? What is it? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, he lost his hand in a in a machine, right? I totally forgot because that. Because he's a he's a baker. Yes. And yeah, yeah, because of because of his brother's error error, which is why he's uh-huh. mad at Danny Aiello in that movie okay. because because of his uh, And Cher is like this is like a great great this is like peak Cher. Yes. Peak Cher. Like Yes. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to watch Moonstruck now, but back to Racing Arizona. I do like I was I was taken aback by my own attraction to Nick Cage. I didn't I didn't share that, I don't think. I be- I believe there's a Carlos quote that might illuminate that. Uh, oh, I want to I want to hear. Well, I uh, I'm jumping the gun a but bit. Can I'm- I also say that growing up in Arizona, I was attracted to real scumbags. Okay. <laughs> like that is that is true. That is true. Sure. And um like one of my boyfriends was a meth addict who went to rehab at age 16. And one of them then sold meth and also <laughs> ecstasy and other drugs and then I think ended up in jail in Florida at some point post high school. Um, he seems like on Facebook when I've stalked him, he seems fine now. Um, <laughs> like he's got a kid, like it's all fine. Um, but like I really did like the dirt baggy. There was a lot of like Jesse Pinkman's, is what sure. I'm gonna say. Yes. Yeah, Aaron Paul, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> no, not Aaron Paul. <laughs> no, I mean Aaron Paul, the real. Ar- no. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Paul is here today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Nicholas Cage has got kind of like this high top Woody Woodpecker thing yes. going on. He's got tats. He's, He's always got dirty. A wacky mustache. Yeah, going yeah. On. He looks just yeah. like kind of scummy. And yeah. <laughs> so on the heists. H.I. McDonough is a recidivist criminal who uh, is in and out of jail for uh, repeated uh, holdups of convenience stores. But the gun ain't loaded. Uh, so I can't, it ain't armed robbery, which is totally not true in the state of Arizona, apparently. Uh, even if you have a toy gun, it will count as armed robbery. Okay. Uh, and he uh, he falls in love with the uh, the lady who takes his uh, prints in his photo every time he checks into the, mm-hmm. uh, the local jail. Uh, Edwina, played by Holly Hunter. I think and it's Peak Holly Hunter, too. Peak Holly Hunter. Mm-hmm. And did she is, win an award for this? She did not. She was nominated for Broadcast News the very same year, which oh, came out Broadcast a later News that was year. the same year? Yeah, so this is really the movie that broke her. She only had about five credits before this, uh, and she had not been in anything since 1984, so she'd had a three-year gap. She was in the Coen Brothers' previous uh, movie, Blood Simple, as merely a voice on an answering machine. And she was Frances McDormand's old roommate in New York. So when they were going through... Uh, Frances McDormand's also, like, amazing in this movie. She is. Yeah. Yeah. Frances McDormand has a cameo role as their uh, friend, Dot. Yeah. yeah. Did and, you research all that, or did you already know that stuff? It was a lot of information. It was. <laughs> that was it really, it really came out. And the, uh, Wait, he's still going. The, <laughs> <laughs> the live audience can uh, attest that I was not looking at any notes. No, you weren't. You were just right? looking at us. Yeah. It's disconcerting. <laughs> so this is really the movie that broke her, and then I think Broadcast News made her a star, and she got an Oscar nomination for uh, for that. But I also start my day by crying hysterically, <laughs> just like in Broadcast yeah. News. Yes, it's true. I watch your stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, High and Ed abduct a uh, a toddler. Uh, there's a, a couple. The uh, 
Nathan, Nathan Arizona, Arizona mm-hmm. uh, born Nathan Huffhines, uh, and the owner of the furniture store Unpainted Arizona. They have quintuplets, and uh, they decide to abduct one of them because they got more than they can handle, and complications and wackiness ensue. So it's kind of it's kind of a Looney Tunes movie, and it's definitely broader comedy than the Coen Brothers have done since. I yeah, think. I think it's like the one and only time. Yeah, <laughs> it feels I mean, like the, I think a lot of people think. Uh, I mean, they kind of navigate back and forth between comedy and drama, uh, often within the same uh-huh. movie. Of like, uh, I think that was part of your problem with Barton Fink, Carla, was uh, the tone was kind of all over the place. I don't is... remember it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you blocked it out. Like Wait, but you know, back ago. to the Joel directed this one, or Ethan directed this one? Yes. Well, you know, the DGA, like, notoriously is weird about teams, and they wouldn't give them the designation. I think so that they was had the case, to, yeah. They had to trade off on their credit, mm. right? So, yeah, Ethan was the – they were both credited as writers. Ethan was the producer. Joel was the director when they really – they were co-directing. Right. The they were co-directing thing. the yeah. whole thing. It wasn't until No Country that they were actually credited as co-directors. Wow. And then they won uh, the Oscar as uh, as co-directors for that. Um, yeah, the DGA needs to get over it. It's so <laughs> weird. It's also like it's because of the designation of film by. That's like what it all comes down to. Mm. Do you know that? No. I do because my husband just co-directed a movie with his writing partner for 20 years, Abby Cohn, and uh, the DGA refused them the double designation. So thereby also not letting a woman into the DGA. I'm just going to put that out there. But um, yeah, weird time to do that. Anyway, uh, but they asked for all of this proof that they had directed together before and then when Mark did some like deep diving it's a lot it has a lot to do with that designation of a film by which the DGA feels really strongly about um, which as any other artist a writer an actor even a producer you could argue well I mean it's not just a film by you um, yeah. it's a film and so in order like a film by could only be one person a film by can't be two people anyway I digress <laughs> it's obviously something I feel strongly about yeah <laughs> Yeah, but that's what happens. There's these gatekeepers who get to decide who gets to be in the club. Yeah. You know, Hollywood's like, like a great place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Biz, you had seen this movie before, but it had been a while. What I had you, seen it like in the 90s. What yeah. were your memories of it? Did I it did date a- one guy in the 90s who was like a film nerd, nice guy who worked at the Harkins movie theaters in Arizona and would make <laughs> me watch things like Noah Bompox kicking and screaming and raising Arizona, you know. Sounds like the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> You would actually like him. (laughs) I think you actually might know him. Is this the the meth guy as well? No, 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 no. He was clean. He was clean. Uh, Yeah, but like that, the Arizona that's depicted in Raising Arizona is not indicative of anything that I ever saw or was in contact with. And also it doesn't, I mean, I guess I sort of have a hard time with placement of time anyway because it's you forget that like 1989 actually in retrospect feels like 1982 do you know what i mean do you know what i'm saying no please, no please explain, explain that. that when you're watching it like i don't i mean i was like a human in 1989 and i don't remember <laughs> things looking that old <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I will say. We moved to Arizona in 1985, I think, or 1986 from Chicago. And I remember there was, um, Smitty's was the local grocery store. (laughs) And at the front, I remember my mom had a real big problem with the sign, the giant sign that said, please check all firearms in the manager's office when you enter Smitty's. Like that was like a thing. Like, now it's just open carry, right? You yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to check, yeah, yeah, yeah. Manager, to check right? it. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. like it, that, you know that I do think that yeah, there are there is that kind of mentality. Cowboys, the cowboys, yeah. the cowboys are really proud of themselves. So good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Carla, what were your memories of this movie? Well, I'm still not sure if I had seen it or not. I really? think I've been saying for years that I had seen it. <laughs> Uh, because I have so many memories of some of the scenes from it, like just seeing clips and, uh, watching it this morning because we wait till the last minute. Uh, I was like, oh no, I've never seen this, <laughs> but I've probably been telling people that I, I've seen it and that it was great for years. 
Did you think you also had like a, a boyfriend that tried to show it to you or something and that's why some things like stuck in your mind? Like the Coen Brothers movies, yeah. I just feel like like growing up, that w- those were like the cool movies to see. So right. I probably was telling everybody that I was seeing them and not yeah. really. <laughs> no, that boyfriend also made me watch Barton Fink, and I remember as a seventeen-year-old just being like, "I don't understand. Yeah. Why are we watching this? Yeah, this yeah. Is, seems like a waste of my time." Yeah. So Maybe did, I should hang out with the meth addict more. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing At least that he was fun. You know what I mean? No, I'm kidding. He's fine now. He's fine. He has a kid. Oh, he's fine. Yeah, that one's fine too. Oh, there's yeah. two. That's yeah, right. there's that's two. Right. That's good. There was the one that was like more the dealer and then one that oh, was right. more the like addict. But everybody's okay, so. I think so. I mean, more or less. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. I'm not super interested. And yeah. one of them did call and ask me for money like 10 years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> Uh, so Carla, but that's like an option. <laughs> but that's like an option to call busy and ask for money. I mean, no. <laughs> it's not. All right, it's not. Right. Good to Definitely know. Good to know. not. Good to know. Did this feel different uh, than a typical Coen Brothers movie to you? Uh, all of the Coen Brothers feel different to me. Um, yes. I liked this movie. <laughs> Wow, the cats out I liked of the it bag. too. Yeah, I liked yeah. it a lot. I did. I was I like, very, I was very interested much liked it. Yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't bored. Good. I did fall asleep for like five minutes, but that's because I was really hungover this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's sketch fest, guys. We went who's to a the, um, last who's night. the bounty hunter? Randall Tex Cobb. That's Randall Tex Cobb, and who is that guy? He was a former heavyweight boxer uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that I, I believe he had a title <laughs> fight against. Anybody know? Leon Spinks or Larry oh Holmes God. or somebody. Okay. Like in the early 80s, he actually fought for the heavyweight title at one point. Okay. I don't know where all this information goes I in know, your brain. It's crazy. <laughs> it's Is great. it like this all the time? All the time. <laughs> all the time. It's a curse. Like, it's not great. <laughs> It's not great that I know who Randall Tex Cobb is. I'm you know. happy for it, for me. <laughs> we also like have devices now where we could easily That's find true. out anything. So yes. you could let some of it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like giving you an option. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, another thing that's happened uh, over the years now that everybody has uh, has a smartphone is that like people always like <laughs> would people would always go to me for trivia, and I'd be I'd be wrong as often as I was right, but because that I had a reputation as like knowing shit. Uh, people just accept things. I was I, there's things I was wrong on for years that I was passing on to people, and they're like, "Yeah, Craig Kikowski told me this." So, yeah. um, do you know what I thought for years? Uh, this is this has nothing to do with anything, but um, for years I thought that when it said FL ounces, that it stood for a unit of measurement that I made up called floor ounces, <laughs> not. Not fluid ounces. Floor ounces. Floor ounces. Yeah. F-L-O-R in my head. Mm-hmm. And about seven years ago, <laughs> my husband and I were cooking something. And he said, how many, how many, how much broth do I need to put in? And I was like, I think you need to put in like 12 floor ounces. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I guess I guess it's better than thinking they're flounces, right? You know. Uh, so floor ounces are just when you spill it on the floor. That's no, how it I was F L O R. It was yeah. a unit of measurement that I had created in my brain when I was a child and had just like stuck to. Also, similarly, similarly, I made up that one of my aunts was adopted. She wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. also a few years ago, I said to my mom, well, you know, I mean, she's, uh, she's adopted, so it makes sense that, that – and my mom's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it's, it makes sense that you'd be curious about these things. My mom's like, where did you even come up with that? I was like, I don't – as a child, I don't know. Maybe they needed to talk to me more. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, my grandmother told me when I was a kid that – she was my mom and she gave me to my mom to raise because she felt too old to raise me and it was a lie. <laughs> and yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we need to go back. <laughs> and it was, a li- I mean, and I found out it was a lie, but it was just this weird thing. Immediately that she- you found out it was a lie? How no, long did you think it? I don't, I don't really remember, but oh I think I was God. like six or seven <gasps> or something. And what was wrong with your grandma? <laughs> As oh. she's dead, I can't ask her, but oh, no. yeah. yeah. What did your mom say? She was upset. <laughs> <laughs> this is like 
have you done 23 and me or anything to make sure that your mom is really your mom? <laughs> oh, she's my mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm giving you options Thank now. Thank you, Missy. Because you, know? <laughs> you know my family's ancestry story, I've, which we don't have time to get no, into No, but today, it's the best. But yeah. My family all did our uh, DNA on ancestry and discovered uh, that my mother had a secret sister that uh, nobody in the family knew about. No. So, yeah. Uh, but this is not the time to air. <laughs> It's worked out. It's worked out. Well, we're going to give you that little nugget, and you're going to have to tune into future Craigslist episodes (laughs) to get more to find out the whole family saga. That's going to be behind the paywall. Um, (laughs) Why don't Why don't we go chronologically through the movie Raising Arizona a little bit with a segment that we like to call Carla's quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's quotes. Jonathan, Jonathan, John, you're on that uh, theme song, yeah, by nice. the way, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Uh, very first, uh, there, there's a lot of great Nicolas Cage narration in this movie, mm. so it opens on, my name is H.I. Yeah. McDonough. Uh, and Carla said, my name is Forrest Gump. <laughs> I was probably still drunk, by the way. We should, we should say that we before we go through We woke up at 9.30 on the movie. Yeah. I was like, busy finished it last night. Yeah. We got to We got to finish this. That whole opening sequence, by the way, there's all this stuff of High going in and out of prison, meeting Ed, proposing to her, oh, then finding so out that uh, she can't have babies, mm-hmm. and then then deciding to uh, uh, abduct the baby. And so this is all before the opening titles, and so it's a, an 11-minute sequence. Uh, and before that, yeah, that yodeling theme uh-huh. song comes in. So it's it's very rare for a movie to open cold for that long. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, I thought it was really cool. And it took me by surprise when the Raising Arizona came up and I heard that yodel. Also, the the mountains were familiar. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize the mountains. Okay. I'm going to say that. Cool. <laughs> Camelback was there. <laughs> Papago Peak. <laughs> I don't know Nobody your hears from Arizona. <laughs> We're all like, oh, okay. Uh, To me, this is one of the most quotable movies. uh, And there's just so many, like, odd lines. Like, the more you see it, like, these little things will, like, just get under your brain. Like, you ain't sand. We ain't sand. (laughs) Um, Turn to the right. Okay, then, is something that keeps coming up throughout the movie. I I just love all of the the recurring bits. Uh, John Goodman has a line when he's eating cereal. What is it? Craig, Craig, it's like a famous line. Uh, Okay, I can't remember it, but it was like... Why aren't you breastfeeding? No. Yeah. Why aren't you breastfeeding? You appear to be capable. Yeah. (laughs) That is it. Is that what you're thinking of? Maybe. Okay. But we can go with that. Okay. Thanks for humoring me. (laughs) Uh, When John Goodman did appear for the first time, Carla said, Dan Connor. Uh, You're you're going to get more. Roseanne. I know. I can't wait. This was pre Roseanne. This was pre Roseanne. I also though. think it's like, like peak him. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. He's, he's really good in it. So great in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I also was under the impression that he's worked with Coen Brothers in like every movie. He's only done five movies. Oh, with really? Them. Yeah, I would have thought he's part of the company. Mm-hmm. He basically is, but uh, Big Lebowski and uh, one we just saw, Barton, Barton Fink, Fink, and of course uh, Lewin Davis, and he's also in Oh Brother. Yeah, so he's in mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. those five. Um, As you're saying these names, I realize I don't think I've seen a lot of Coen Brothers movies. (laughs) (laughs) If you just say you have and that they were good, it's fine. Yeah, They were filming one on my street. What was the most recent one? Hail Caesar. Yeah, guys. On my street, they were filming. I saw both of the brothers. Nice. And they were setting up. I, like, drove my little Audi, waved, went down. I auditioned for both of the brothers for Hail Caesar, but I've told that story numerous times on this podcast, and I'm really afraid it's going to be my uh, on my tombstone. Of like, once was called back for Hail Caesar. <laughs> I think that's exciting, and you know what? The moment you stop being excited about things like almost getting parts, yeah, that's the day you should quit. <laughs> what I You're mean, right. I'm saying like. You should be excited about this stuff. Yeah. I'm not anymore, so (laughs) I quit. I didn't have Goran Vishnik in the room to intimidate me into (laughs) saying the lines right. Uh, 
the uh, Hyde gets out of prison and gets a job at this body shop or something, and he, he's got this little scene with Emmett Walsh, who was the bad guy in uh, their previous movie, uh, Blood Simple. But he's like, no, not that mother scratcher, Bill Parker. And uh, and Carla said, mother scratcher is a good fake curse word. It is. It is. I agree. <laughs> I'm going to use it all the time. I believe here's the reason why Carla was not attracted to Nicolas Cage in this movie. She said, my dad kind of looked like him in the 80s. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Well, then that'll, you know, you yeah. could go either way with that one, but. I'll say not, yeah. not attracted. Right. I'll go that way. This is why Carla likes me clean shaven or full beard, but not just stash, because yeah. I remind you of your dad when yeah. I have a stash. My dad does have a mustache, but his is like, um, like a giant handlebar J mustache, which is a different vibe. Wow. Yeah. And Old he's timey. had forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Arizona, by the way, played by an actor named Trey Wilson, uh, who's great, uh, and he died young. He died at 40 years old, only two years after making what? this movie. He Why? Died, he died in 1989 of a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, no, that's my biggest fear. <laughs> um oh. <laughs> Why is that your biggest fear? Like any kind of like aneurysm, yeah. cerebral hemorrhage, taking you out just like, just like at that. the prime of life, yeah. fucking oh. out. He it's was a, a fear. he was a character actor who had only started working a lot in the late eighties, and he was in everything from like eighty seven to eighty nine. He and was then in, he fucking died. He was in Married to the Mob. He was in Twins. Uh, he plays the baseball manager in Bull Durham, which is might come up on the the next podcast, not our next podcast, but the one that you guys are about to see. Uh, and uh, he was a great character actor that we lost mm-hmm. too soon. Trey Wilson. All right. <sighs> Well, now I'm sad. I know. He's really good in it. And his, like, I know we're not there yet, but the end of the movie, he's like, that's fucking, he's great. Yeah, because it's, they they return the baby. Spoilers. Spoiler. They return the baby. You know when you're watching, they can't keep this baby. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. They return the baby uh, the, to get the reward. They said they don't want the reward money. He realizes they're the people who had, uh, who abducted. Uh, and then he lets them off the hook. And yeah. you have to believe that that, even in kind of a ridiculous cartoonish movie, you still kind of have to believe that that could really happen, that the guy, the father of the baby is going to be right. cool with these people. And he plays it so... He just has so, like such a big heart. And yeah. he's so sweet. He plays it in a nice way that makes yeah. it a believable moment, I it think. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's it. When the titles appear and that yodeling theme comes up, Carla said, is that Nick Cage yodeling too? (laughs) But it probably was, right? (laughs) I feel like it could have been. It could have been. Sure. I feel like he would like want to do that. That would be like a part of his process. Yeah. Yeah. The babies, by the way, Harry, Gary, Barry, Larry, and Nathan Jr. (laughs) You guys, that baby is so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many babies there were, Craig. I, in my research, I found they had 15 babies that they used at various times throughout. Wow. But they probably only had one face baby. One face baby. Yeah. Uh, I know how these things work. The the main baby, uh, which That's is the, the one like baby. during the chase scene, is the one who's pulling on his hoodie, Aww. and it's the cutest thing in the world. He yeah, is very delightful. He Where is. is that kid? Do we know? <laughs> uh, I I I hope he's not doing meth in Arizona. Yeah, I hope he got out. Yeah. Like me. <laughs> uh, when uh, when they first uh, uh, abduct the baby and they're they're in the car taking him home, uh, Holly Hunter suddenly breaks down just like she does in broadcast news, and she goes, "I love him so much." And it's exactly what Carla does whenever she holds our dog Benny. <laughs> I do love him so much. And I point that so yeah, much. that's what you said when I pointed that out. <laughs> Uh, but I think he's my kid. <laughs> Benny, our dog. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like, love he's that moment. not mo- like just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment when they settle in in the trailer and there's a big pause and Nicholas Cage, what, what are we kidding? We got ourselves a family here. Oh, so good. Like yeah. his comedic timing I is know. so good. He's really. How did he go from the guy who was like so fun and quirky and, but just a really good actor. Well, Face Off's pretty great, but I think it did kind of start the Nicolas Cage in action movies trend. And I feel like that's all he's done for the last 20 years, some of which have been been fairly fun. But he, you know, he was in a run of like Moonstruck, which we said, Peggy Mm -hmm. Sue got married. I love that. uh, Where he's making big choices. Yeah. You know, he's over the top in these, but somehow he, he pulls it off. He's charismatic enough and, 
It's, he's kind of like weirdly grounded enough, though. Like it's so over the top, but weird, but feels it just feels like a real person. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I think Do that you, there's something that happens to actors when they become too famous and they don't know how to check themselves in at the airport anymore. <laughs> that's like my theory is that that's the that's when it happens. Yes. When you no longer know how to get yourself to an airport and check yourself in and make it to your gate on your own, mm-hmm. that's when it ends. Are you, you feel you're as still a pre- human? Are you still pretty good at that? What do you mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm She's not, here. Yeah, I'm not that kind of fancy. I flew coach up here. Yeah. Sherilyn Fenn's up in first class. I'm in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn was on uh, Dawson's Creek, and we worked together. She did not recognize me, and I was stoned, and so didn't want to say anything. But <laughs> you know, there's a Twin Peaks thing going on this weekend. No, right? I know, I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying uh, that's that's why she's here. That's why she was here. Yeah, <laughs> I assume. Um, yeah, but I did work with her in Dawson's Creek. She did like a four episode arc where she like played the manager at the restaurant Pacey Witter and I worked at. Oh, yeah, and then I they slept that. together. <laughs> And yes. I remember being like weirdly jealous, like in real life, like <laughs> that my <laughs> on camera boyfriend was like, had it, it was very strange time for me. Anyway, maybe that's why she didn't say hi. <laughs> Can we talk about when the, when, um, we, are we there yet? We're, we can um, talk about whatever you want. When, um, when, um, uh, Francis McDormand comes over. Yes. Oh, I love that. Okay. So yeah, Nicholas Cage's boss, uh, at the plant is this guy, Glenn. So he brings over his wife, Dot, and they're five or six just screaming maniac children. Beating things with sticks. Just beating things with sticks. <laughs> okay. And so now I'm going to tell you my Raising Arizona story. And here it is, folks. <laughs> so. I grew up in Scottsdale. I went to Cochise Elementary School. And when I was in the third grade, uh, I had a very life-changing thing happen. I was cast as the lead Wilbur the Pig in the third grade production of Charlotte's Web. <clears throat> this was essentially the lead of the show and changed my trajectory. Um, however, in order to give more kids parts, they double-cast it. The other child, who was Wilbur, was a boy by the name of Jeremy Babinger who plays scamp with a skirt squirt gun in Raising Arizona. <laughs> That's the name of his character? He Sc- shoots with a skirt. Scamp. I, I am DB'd it. Okay. He, it's scamp with a squirt gun. Try to say that five times fast. Scamp um, with a squirt gun. Okay, fine, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> he squirts Nicolas Cage with the squirt gun and he said, he pissed his pants. Daddy, look, he pissed his pants. Remember? Mr. McDonough wet himself. Mr. McDonough wet himself. <laughs> yeah. So that's Jeremy Babinger. I was rightfully very intimidated sure. that he was the other Wilbur. He's a working actor. He is a professional working actor. <laughs> Raising Arizona had just come out when I was in third grade. He had already done it. That was for sure. Yeah. Did he have and an attitude about it? A little bit. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit he did. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I just saw him at my 20-year high school reunion. And he had done meth? No, he's like a... No, he's he was... I, I feel like he does something with math. Oh, close. Very not close. Not math, not math. Yeah, like, it's like, in all the billboards. You have two choices growing up in Arizona. Math, math or math. Or math. I, I feel like it's numbers. Like he does something with numbers. <laughs> he was really smart. He was a smart kid. But um, but yeah, like it was, he was definitely famous in third grade for being in Raising Arizona. Wow. A movie none of us could see, but yeah. we knew he was in this big movie, which was a big deal. Is he also the kid who writes fart on the wall? That's another kid. Okay. <laughs> That's another kid. He only, he just squirts and yells the line. And okay. I can't remember the story about why he did it. And it was like his one and only time doing anything professionally like his mom knew the casting director or something like locally and that's how he got cast in it um but my wilbur if i do say so myself Mm -hmm. the definitive wilbur the definitive wilbur yeah for the third grade play actually weirdly the teachers gathered us and jeremy and i and said so we're, since we're doing a production for the school, the morning show will be for the K through second graders, and the afternoon show will be for the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Everyone in third grade is in this place, so right? 
Um, but it's up to you guys, whichever show you want to do, if you want to do the morning show or that. And I'm not a fucking idiot. You don't want to perform for the babies. You want the older kids to know how talented you are as Wilbur the pig. So I like told you, <laughs> I like manipulated in third grade. Jeremy Babinger to perform for the kindergarten first and second graders. And I did the older show, the afternoon show where I killed. Sure. <laughs> killed. <Yeah. laughs> uh, when all the kids are, run- <laughs> all the kids are running around, Carla points at one. She's like, that looks like my brother. He used to wear a cowboy hat with shorts all the time. <laughs> cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. With yeah. Shorts. And shorts. Where yeah. did you grow up? Florida. Oh, well, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of, yeah, there's like a good crossover there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, lots of, yeah, that stuff. Lots of meth. Lots of meth. <laughs> Carla also said, this is why we don't have kids, because this is probably true, right? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> and then Glenn. <laughs> Glenn proposes yeah. that they wife swap, and Carla said, um, Oh, this took a, just, this just took a turn. And then she said, why don't they ever call it husband swapping? Think about it. <laughs> Cause it's never the women who are like, let's swap husbands, right? I Busy? Know. Yeah. Busy? I mean... <laughs> You're on those apps, right? It feels like, uh, all of it feels like a terrible idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, How about that show though? We were trying to, ex- wait. Why were we trying to explain that show to Birdie? Like two weeks ago, Wife Swap Show? Yeah. She was complaining about something I was doing. You're so weird, mom. You, whatever I do, all of it. And, uh, and Mark was like, your mom's like a really great mom. And in fact, you know, I think if you spent like a week in someone else's home, you would be very excited to come back to your mom. And then I was like, that's like that show. We should do that. <laughs> And then Bernie was like, what show? And then we explained it to her and she was like, that sounds horrible. I was like, yeah, it was, it was really abusive. Like yeah. to those kids and is that show still on? Do you guys know? I, Wife Swap? Wife Swap? No, it can't Great. be. It can't possibly. That was like very mid 2000s. <laughs> like the aesthetic and everything. So mid 2000s. Yeah, guys. so mid 2000s. Yeah. Uh, there's, I, I love the whole just like Looney Tunes aesthetic all throughout this movie, you know, because there's just ridiculous chase scene mm-hmm. uh, where he's trying to get the huggies. There's the dog. Mm, that chase scene is awesome. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then the uh, the the theme is playing the whole time. The yeah. yodeling theme. Mm-hmm. My favorite detail is when they go through the grocery store. That same yodeling theme is playing as Muzak in the grocery <laughs> store, which is such a great little detail. Um, Carla said grocery stores always look so cool in the movies. Is it because of all the colors? It's very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I think this whole movie is very aesthetically pleasing. It is. Yeah. I was into it. But like also, okay, here's what I mean about 1989 looks older than I thought. Like in that grocery store scene in particular, in the, in the chase. Yeah. There are multiple women wearing leisure suits with curlers in their hair and hair nets oh, over yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Something that in my head is very Mrs. Roper, like 1970s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't feel like 1989 to me for women to have like rollers in their hair in public with like hot pink leisure suits on. And I don't know I how, wrong? I don't know how true to the present day they're trying to be, you mm-hmm. know, because their movies are always kind of populated with grotesques, you know, so mm-hmm. I think they probably want to just dress people in outfits that are going to make them pop in some way. Well, they definitely did. Yeah. Yes. But whether that's true to the era that the movie was shot in, I don't or know. Or is it but, supposed to be sort of weirdly timeless in that it was shot in 1989, but they're sort of, it could yeah, have been. Yeah, 87 actually. Oh, Okay, 87, but it could have been, it could have been 1977. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like something they would do. They always are like tricking. (laughs) (laughs) That's your hot take on the going brothers. They're always tricking. They are very tricky. tricky. (laughs) I always walk out thinking, damn it, you tricked me again. Well, you have a quote here because uh, the the lone biker of the apocalypse first appears as a vision in H.I.'s dream. And then when he actually turns up, Carla said, ha, he's real. Maybe. It's a Coen Brothers movie, so it's possible that none of this is real. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. You never know. You never know. There are entire sequences that I saw in uh, What's the One? (laughs) (laughs) And then they weren't real. Barton Fink? 
No. A blood, different blood simple? No. No country We could now. do this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Let's the, move on. The lady killers. Um, <laughs> then the baby gets abducted by John Goodman and his brother. Yeah. And uh, the baby pees on one of them. And Carla said, hey, it's like us on our road trip with the cat. Oh, God. <sighs> this is going to sound sad. We just put our cat down, our cat Bronco. We just put him down a couple weeks ago yeah. while we were in Portland. But we drove him up from L.A. to Portland uh, a couple months ago. And he was in the cat carrier. He'd thrown up. Uh, we'd, we'd stopped him. We're like, oh, we better get him out of the cat carrier. And we, we put him on Carla's lap. And then he peed and pooped all over me. <laughs> oh, my and God. I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know. It was like I couldn't get upset about it because it was the most absurd. Like he would warn me. He'd stand up. Like, this is about to happen. <laughs> Wait, it happened repeatedly. <laughs> but we had, like, once it happened the first time, were you like, okay, back in the carrier you go? No, because he, I felt He's bad so for old, him. and you He's knew so you were old. taking him to die. I did. We yeah. actually did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But that's, that's all you can do in that moment is laugh. And we were both laughing hysterically driving down the street, driving down the highway where Carla has cat poop all over her. Okay, but we did pull over. And we did, up. eventually. <laughs> I've Eventually. been peed on by a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My own. Fun. My own. Oh, sure. 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 <laughs> uh, Blood Simple, you know, their debut was kind of like such a dark, noirish movie that I think they wanted to do something more optimistic and the, and upbeat, you know, and that's why I think tonally, like, they haven't done anything like this since. Like, there was even a moment where the guys are going in to rob the bank and Carla kind of tensed up of like, uh-oh, this is where the bloodbath happens, yeah. like it does in every Coen Brothers movie. But other than Smalls, the, the hitman, uh, he does, he blows I mean, that's up. That's the best. But kind of cartoonishly. Cartoonishly the, blows up. He's the only person who dies in the movie and nobody is and really harmed. And there's no harmed. gore. There's no gore. Yeah. Nobody's really harmed. So all the fights and everything are very cartoonish. So I think that's why it's different. Nicholas Cage spends a lot of time being spun around in fight sequences. Yes. With like his legs swinging behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that fight with John Goodman in the trailer yeah. where he like scrapes his hands yeah. on the stucco oh, ceiling. Yeah. The everything. popcorn ceiling. Yes. Uh, that is very yes. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say 80s. Well, it's very 80s. Yeah, yeah. Popcorn ceilings. And then everybody got them taken off. <laughs> and then there's kind of a, a <laughs> lovely dream sequence at the end of uh, they've returned the baby, but H.I. is kind of fantasizing about what happens to Nathan Jr., you know, as, as he and Ed grow old and they end up having a family and he becomes a football star and everything. Uh, this is Carla being slightly distracted during that lovely dream sequence. All the haircuts on this guy in this are, all the haircuts on the guys in this are weird. And that's a good snack, celery and peanut butter. Um. <laughs> I also noticed celery and peanut butter because there are like, they, they have like a long tracking shot down this really long table set for Thanksgiving dinner. And there are not one, but two giant plates of celery and yeah. peanut butter. So you see it first at the start of the tracking shot and then you pass a turkey and then there's more celery and yeah. peanut butter. Also, not something that I've ever served at Thanksgiving. Maybe I have. Yeah. I love celery and peanut butter, but it is kind of like a, it's, it's kind of like a, a trashy appetizer. <laughs> right? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Way to be classist, Carla. <laughs> I well, I was saying that I do it, so. <laughs> I don't know. Mark does say that I have white trash tastes in food sometimes, but. I don't know if celery and peanut butter counts as that. I think that's just like a classic. Oh, you know what that is? That's like a 1950s like Betty Crocker oh, vibe. I hear mm-hmm. that's like an old old Wait. fashioned Jello mold. Yeah, <laughs> and then your celery and peanut butter bugs on a log. Oh yeah, bugs on a log. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> and then as the credits rolled, this is us in the hotel room at 11 a.m. this morning. Carla said, "Good movie, good movie. I'm going back to bed." <laughs> And I slept for another hour. You did? I'm so tired. You were so sleepy when you got here tonight. Wait, what time is it? It's, it's almost five o'clock. You were like very tired. I'm so I, yeah, it's you been partied. a big weekend. You I did. I partied a lot. It was I'm really happy fun. for you. Thank you. Yeah. You did too? Yeah, I hung out. I hung out. Uh, ladies, do you want to give this movie a letter grade? Oh, I'm, yeah, I definitely am like, I think it's an A. I think it's an A. What does that stand for? It stands for, all right, that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I have to say it's my favorite movie I've done so far on the list, so it's going to stay right where Whoa. it is, uh, in the number 35 area. Uh, let's What's the letter grade, though? 
Well, I mean, they're all A's. They're on my oh, list. Oh, they're all A's. Well, I get it. Except get for the it. ones I don't like as much when I rewatch them. But yeah. But so then, wouldn't the designation be like A plus, A minus, A? A? This is an A plus. This is an A plus. I love this movie. I love this movie too. It's really good. It makes me laugh a lot. I'm so glad it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much easier to come here today. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, yes. I I like watching movies, but um I prefer them to be good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, busy. Me too. Uh is anything you want to uh promote? What uh, you're going to be on uh, the new season of Drunk History. Oh yeah, I'm on the season premiere of Drunk History with uh, Craig Kakowski. Yeah. Tiffany Haddish is the narrator. Tiffany Haddish tells this story. She tells the story. She tells the story. It's crazy. I'm, I'm acting it out. Um, it was really fun to do. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed my time. I really enjoyed doing that show. And as always, follow Busy on Instagram. Sure, sure. Uh, We're no doctors. You have to. Oh yeah, my We're No Doctors podcast with Steve Ag. It's such a great podcast, which I listen oh, thanks, to guys. when I'm flying because I'm anxious about flying, and they sound so crazy that it makes me feel better about flying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are truly. I, it is funny. Like it was Steve's idea. He came to me after one night at Largo where I was just like going on and on about all these things that I thought were wrong with me, and he's like, you know, I have that too. I. uh think that I'm dying all the time. I was like, really? And he's like, let's talk about it on a podcast. I'm like, okay. Um, but it's been fun. And I also feel like it is cathartic for people to hear the, the stories of other people's medical ailments. And like some woman was really fucking rude to me on Instagram. And she's like, now I'm unfollowing. Don't talk about things you're not an expert at. And I was like, yeah, that's the fucking point, you idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not an expert. We're not doctors. We just <laughs> are struggling in our lives yeah. to make sense of things. And then Mark's movie is called I Feel Pretty. And it comes out June 29th. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm in it. Too. I'm very excited to see it. I am too. Stars Amy Schumer. It's going to be good. If you want a good gateway for We're No Doctors and you saw the big sick, listen to the Emily Gordon episode because I thought that was a really, really interesting one. It was really interesting. Yeah. And it really moved me. Also, Rob Benedict's episode was really interesting. He suffered from a stroke at a, like a Comic-Con thing in Toronto for the TV show Supernatural that he's on. And, um, I had like my own personal (laughs) involvement in that because I'm friends with Rob in real life. And it was like really crazy to hear him lay out the story of a stroke because a stroke is among the things like a hemorrhage that I'm always afraid is going to happen to me. But just it's really interesting to hear the things that people go through. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Someday we'll reach that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Busy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And... Carla, number uh, 34 on the list is coming up next. We're also going to have a special guest for that. And you like movies about space, right? Maybe. Do you like movies about space that are odysseys? (laughs) (laughs) Do you like two and a half hour movies with very little dialogue? (laughs) Well, perhaps our guest Eben Schletter next week can help uh, shed some light on Stanley Kubrick's 1968 opus, 2001 A Space Odyssey. All right. Goodness. Live crowd, we got this with Mark and Hallis coming up next. And Craig's listeners, we'll see you next week on Craig's List. Bye. Bye.